0: I'll give you
1: something to share, brother. The Midnight Express. If you can clip their wings, you're doing something. Because we're the hottest thing
2: going
1: today. So whenever I'd go over to Mike's house, he'd expose me to new kinds of music, right? And he, I think in the beginning, didn't have an appreciation of the fact that I knew nothing about music. So one time I went over and he played like some German heavy metal music. Then another time he played this, that, like I'm fucking, I'm lost, totally lost. Everything is new to me. But the one thing that I do remember that stuck out is I went to his house and we were in the driveway and we were with his son and he told his son, you got to go inside the house. So he said to his son inside the house, he goes, I have some music you have to listen to. And so we're old, we had cassette decks. So I had a cassette deck in my car, takes out the cassette, pops in the cassette. And it was the greatest fucking song I had ever heard in my life until that point. Mike, I know I'm testing your memory. Any ideas what it was? No, God knows. Insane clown posse. Fuck you. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I haven't heard that probably since about that that time. <laughs> for me, when I heard that song, it was for me it was the greatest fucking song I had ever heard because I'd never heard somebody use music to like just shit on people. Like it, music was just music. Like I wasn't. Uh, like uh, into it that much. I didn't know that you could do stuff like that with music. And I loved that fucking song. I thought it was great, but my musical knowledge is very, very poor. 90% of the things I listen to are talk radio or podcasts. I don't, maybe even more. I don't think I've ever purchased a song ever. It's like that bad. Like I, I don't, I'm not, it's, it's not for me, but you guys have a wealth of knowledge about music. So Mike, how would you describe your tastes? I know you talked about in an early episode, you started off with hip hop when you were 16, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, what happened? How did it evolve for you?
2: I think Nirvana probably had a lot to do with it. Oh. So I started, and then I started, you know, you start looking into other stuff and it, I wasn't just going to be into like, you know, just grunge. Cause I started, you start looking into magazines and and whatever you could see on the internet at, at that point. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I just like through, through like, other venues not not through like uh, television or radio i just started seeking out different kinds of music and i liked things that were you know things that were different i guess
1: just like your wrestling right like the same way like you did with wrestling you went out of your way to find out what was good yeah i'm not going to be told what's good and
2: told what to like and
1: is there any specific genre you'd say like is the type of genre you listen to most now
2: uh, well i suppose most of it like in the old days they classified everything under a broad brush as alternative. I see. I like, they call it like indie music now, maybe mm-hmm. for the smaller bands. I see, but not all of the bands are small, you know. Right, they headline arenas all around the world. So, but I still, I still like, uh, I like, you know, some. I don't really listen to old stuff that much. Mm-hmm. I do. There's, you know, a lot of stuff in hip hop I like too. So, how about you, meet?
0: Oh, I always like. I always had a thing for like. It's always been hip hop for me. It's like seeing break in and you know movies and hearing it like that, but then when I was a kid, though, too, I was a skateboarder, so I listened to a lot of, like, fucking speed and thrash metal. I see. So I just thought and I, I thought you could correlate, you know, the, the, the speed metal, and the thrash metal, like the skating music. and
1: So then how did you like that Ice-T stuff that he did with, like, that rock stuff? Was that, like, kind of like what you're into? Body count, right?
0: Not, I was more, I was, yeah, I was just more, like, I don't know. I guess I was just more gangster rap. Like, I was just more rapper in, in general. It I didn't see. matter. Like, one day I listened to West Coast. Mm-hmm. Like, very few people do realize, like, the South had such, had the Ghetto Boys, man, and they were holding it down there. And they they were, mm-hmm. I had to have my, this. the Ghetto Boys were maybe the first alternative, like, alternative rap. You know what I mean? Like, cause you heard, mm-hmm. the you heard the West Coast, you heard the East Coast, and then you had the Ghetto Boys just show up on the scene. I mean, they were always on it, but it blew up. I think for our, for our crew that we had, I think uh, the Ghetto Boys were like, unequal pairing with nwa oh yeah yeah there, there was like there's like yeah definitely oh, and S- they S- were and it, you know what they were they sold too but they never got the recognition they sold records just like nwa did they had more albums than nwa ever did yeah i
2: well i got to see the ghetto boys and i got to meet two of them i didn't get to meet willie he wasn't coming out the
0: most them. important one wouldn't talk like he was on some shit
2: yeah but <laughs> scarface and uh, bushwick were super cool man we had a drink with them me and maddie at
0: uh Trelf and Oh, that's wow. like the exhibit story at fucking LaSalle Park. Yeah, Nick smoked a blunt with exhibit. Oh, wow. And he wasn't even, that's awesome. he was with that Licks, and he wasn't, he wasn't even, he was just getting big. And he didn't, that was the coolest fucking concert I was ever at. They're sitting on like a beach blanket at, 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 out in the middle of a field. Just so, <laughs> <Just chilling>. and <laughs> I just chilling. walked up to him. I said, yo, I had weed. I'm like, yo, you guys want to smoke a blunt? I go, you guys got rolling. He, they went, I never seen, that's the first time I've seen anyone use a small-ass blonde to roll a weed, and they rolled it perfectly. I'm like, man, that is fucking cool.
1: Wow. Okay, so you guys have a very eclectic taste in music and kind of under- you understand music very well. My music tastes are Insane Cloud Posse, fuck you. So you can imagine the theme songs that I choose as being good theme songs for wrestling are probably going to suck in your mind. <laughs> but the ones that I thought that stood out for me, I'm going to go through my list and and then I'm sure you guys can add to this, but the ones that I liked were, I liked Sandman's ECW song, not only because the song itself was good and it built and built and got like louder and louder as the song came out, but it suited his entrance so well. I thought it was a great entrance song for him. I don't think it would have been a great entrance song for everybody, but I thought it was good for him. Uh, what do you think about it, Mike?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know that you could have found a better song for, for him, and uh, they, they were a perfect fit. It was a really cool entrance. Meet agreed. Yeah, very, very minimal but very right. good. Right, there, there's no show needed. He just walks to the crowd and they play Metallica and he drinks beers and smokes a cigarette. But it yeah, was cool. It
0: fit perfectly. Meet. What are your thoughts? It was the ambiance too. That song made the entrance, and it mm-hmm. was just people went fucking nuts.
1: Yeah, his wrestling was, but like that entrance was, (laughs) right. Okay, then the next one, I think the next one, you have to put it into context, right? If you think about the countdown timer and the way Jericho was introduced into the WWE and the timer always going off and then finally the timer ends and then when it ends, it smashes with like a glass breaking sound and somebody screaming break the walls down it just it fits so well that even on like later on in his career like a year later two years later three years later it sent like i don't know almost like deja vu through me whenever i heard it and i'd always remember that great entrance i thought the song that song for him i know he's got other ones that song for him i thought was a perfect entrance song for him at that time I loved it. How'd you like that, Mike? It was
2: great. Yeah, it was really good. He's got, he does his own uh, music now and the, he's got his the whole crowd singing along.
1: How is this new song? Is it good or is it just because it's his band that like people are into it?
2: I mean, it's not my type of music, but you know, it's, it's perfect for him. It's
0: they're not really that bad. Believe it or not. No, it's, really not that bad. He, it's not a bad band. The music's good. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's one of those things. If you like them, you like them. If mm-hmm. you don't, you don't. It's there, there's no cotton. There's no cotton dry. It's, it's just, not-
2: It's not bad, though. It's very fitting.
0: They're good at what they're doing. He doesn't sound bad when he sings. He can fucking sing.
1: Obviously, he sold
0: a million records.
1: Oh, wow. Wow, that's good for him. Wow, I didn't know that. Very good. Okay, then the next one on my list, I know it's not a song per se, but I loved when the glass cracked when Austin came out. The crowd would lose their shit. I thought it was very appropriate for me. Probably the best Entrance song On this list On my short list What do you think of that Me? Especially in
0: in the infancy When he started using it That was just That just got you hyped To watch the rest of the Rest of of the night Like you waited To hear that (laughs)
1: Right. I Meat, was the reaction the same when he came out to WrestleMania this past year, like with that same song and stuff? Was it the same way? It went
0: fucking, it did, that was probably the closest thing you could have ever had to a fucking Road Warrior pop as i did you could that's that's how fucking that's how that fucking crowd went it nuts. was funny i saw
2: uh, some pictures of it and uh the yeah the, the, the crowd like were, the crowd looked like they were going livid but every asshole in the crowd was filming it and looking at their fucking camera like, dude what kind of footage uh, are you gonna get on your shitty ass camera i don't care how good your yeah. camera is you Wouldn't you like you're seeing right, Austin right at wrestlemania you know you when are you gonna see this again you may never see it again you you know
0: and at fucking fifty, at fifty something years old, and he's out there, man. And, dude, I swear, he, It was, that was the pleasant surprise.
1: I see. But the song the song still stands out as like creating yep. that in. I see. Okay, okay. Then the next one that I liked on my list is the ECW theme song for ECW. The reason why I like this, and you might not remember that well, but before the shows started and people would fill into the audience in the arenas, wherever they were, they'd play that ECW theme song just before the shows would go live. To rile people up. Yeah, to rile people up. I loved that. I thought it was fucking excellent.
0: Was it, was it Rob Zombie? That's I believe the, so. That song,
1: it's a real song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yep. that's cool. I forgot about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I thought it was good. And then the next one on my list, I we all hate this motherfucker, but the song itself is fucking great. Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix, Hulk Hogan's NWO theme song. I thought it was fucking fantastic. I'd never heard it before that time. I really loved the way it sounds in an arena. I hated that Hogan came out to it, but I thought it was really cool for a bad guy. Really great as an entrance song. Mike, what'd you think about that?
2: Very iconic, yeah.
1: oh get ruined (laughs) i
0: don't you know what i think and you know what i don't think so though oh really i don't think he wrote it i think it was I think I would never have expected Hogan to come out to a Jimi Hendrix song of back then.
1: Ah, uh, right. For that,
0: you know what I mean. I think it was the right. It was that badass image, right? Song for him mm-hmm. for Voodoo Channel, That song just reminds me of fucking Rodman yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, it
2: fit their swagger perfectly, didn't it? The way they they came out to the ring, all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Agreed, agreed. Okay, and then the last two on my list. Their Japanese songs, one is fucking iconic. I think any wrestling fan can immediately identify when Jushin Thunder Liger is on the, his way to the ring. It's very Japanese-ish, you know what I mean? But it's, I think it's cool. It's very cool. Are you able to identify that song right away, Mike? You know, right? Like right away? Oh
2: yeah, it's it. good, right? It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Well, it's like anime, but it's like, yeah, it's like an anime. It's, like, it's so cool.
0: I think emperor when I hear him come out. Like, uh, like a Japanese emperor walk into the
1: room. Oh, that's an interesting takeaway. And then the other one that I like is Chono. The Chono song, People's don't know it's swearing, don't know anything's wrong. And so like there's swear words in the be- beginning of the song. Throughout the song, there's like fuck this, fuck that, goddamn, all these kinds of like bad language, but they play it for kids. Nobody really knows. They don't understand English well enough. I love that like theme of that NWO Japan song. I think it's great. I'm not sure how well you remember it, but if you have a chance to go back, highly recommend you listen to it. It's a great, great entrance song. Do you remember it, Mike?
2: Not really, especially not after your description. I thought you started describing it and I had no idea what we were doing here.
1: Oh, wow. meet you don't remember either? No. Songs that you guys thought were great that I didn't put on this list, Mike? Well, I got a bunch of them, but personal preference.
2: Yeah. I I always got excited when I heard the Honky Tonk Man song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got long sideburns and my hair slicking back. I'm coming to your town and my feet. oh my god yes
2: uh, yeah so for, for for me that's got a special place in my heart but rick flair man Woo!
0: Savage. Uh, Oh, all right.
2: The Iron Man for the road warriors. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know what, brought even fucking right now, even Lesnar's fucking. Oh, that's fucking, good too. They,
1: right. That's very, that's very much in that same vein, right? As the Road Warriors and that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There's one I fucking what the oh fucking CM Punk cult of personality. That just just how that fucking guitar riff hits every stadium, every arena, makes you want to watch. Is it a real
1: song or is it a song made for him? Oh, it's a real song. I see.
0: No, it's a real song. He's probably one of the only ones that can use it. Who's the artist? Living Color.
1: Are any other ones stick out? Anyone? Because I think your choice of music probably much more sophisticated the rock. than Rock. You. you like the rock song? I do. I was wrong with
0: that for the for the time. That fucking that bumped into the arena.
1: If you smell what the rock is cooking, the rock says. You know they remixed the rock song later. I fucking hated the remix I mean, version. The remix,
0: I hated too. Yeah.
1: The reason we're talking about all these is I think one of the teams in the match this week has one of the most underrated outstanding theme songs as ever. I fucking love the Midnight Express theme song. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a real song, but I, that music gets me every time. Is it something famous or is it just something that was made for them? Do you know, Mike? I don't know, but it's outstanding. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's such a great. Talk. It's worth a fucking Google right now to figure it, it so out, Fuck, good. man.
2: Yeah, go, go back to that wiki from the last episode with the. Uh, <laughs> I like it better when he's on his telephone and he can't be looking at shit while he's
1: talking.
0: I'm gonna check. Right now. I'm gonna check the wiki right now for
1: it. <laughs> okay, so with that said, let's get into this week's match. This week's match, as usual, from the beginning, we'll talk about the ref and we'll talk about the commentary. Fucking is in the ring. I didn't expect to see Dave Hebner here or Earl Hebner. I'm not sure which one it was. Very surprised to see him there. But uh, it goes to show like this guy's been all over the world. There's no surprise as to why his refing is so good. He's been in the ring in the NWA, the WWF, AEW, fucking everywhere. His work speaks for itself. I think even at the end, when we get into the finish here, he does a fucking fantastic job. Nothing wrong with his ref work whatsoever. Mike agreed.
2: Habner's fantastic. I was surprised to see him too, like that. That, and then uh, we'll go back. You know, uh, I'm sure we'll mention it of Jim Cornette not being involved. Right, right. I, so two I, things like I totally shocked me because I was hoping we could do something with Cornette because mm. you know he's great. He's yeah, he's outstanding. Yeah,
1: lots to talk about, but yeah, he was injured. I didn't remember. This storyline of him being injured before this match This is a pay-per-view that they had a match they had cut up and put on TV. But like, I didn't remember the angle that they had attacked him or anything like that. I remember loosely seeing this like storyline before.
2: Yeah,
1: maybe it might have been at the scaffold match before this. I don't know what they did or where they hurt him, but they hurt him. So he's gone. And then the commentary. Fucking it's Tony Shivani and David Crockett. That kind of surprised me that that was David Crockett on the mic. He's much better at commentary than I expected him to be. For somebody who's involved in the ownership, like his dad was the owner, I didn't expect him to be that good on commentary. Like, you know, it's like this. Like Vince. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. And so... You know, I think he did a really, really good job. I was the both of them were good here. I, I like the commentary. Mead, what'd you think? I was surprised. Like
0: maybe it's the audio quality. It just it was fitting. Like his voice mm-hmm. for the audio quality watching so so many years ago. Yeah. And watching it now, like it just mm-hmm. it just felt perfect for that. I don't know if you wanted to you know what I mean. I was it was what you would expect with them two guys.
1: Yeah, it was very timely. Yeah. Mike, do you remember David Crockett doing a lot of commentary or no? I remember
2: him doing commentary. I don't know how much I mean I remember seeing him a lot. I see. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was good. Very good. Very good. Nice seeing Bob Cottle after the match, too. That's
1: right. That's right. That was I was about to point that out. At the end, we get to see Bob Coddle, which is nice. His voice is legendary. Great. As usual, great. Okay. Now, this match from episode 34 has one similarity with the episode 33 match in that the camera angles fucking suck balls. Oh my god. What the fuck is with the camera? So it's not that they're switching cameras, but why the fuck did they put the camera on an angle in the corner post, like two stories above the ring? There wasn't that many people there that stayed a hide it. Fuck it. They could have put it in the middle of the, the like the arena. Like they, if there's not enough people there, you could have put it right in the center. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the fuck they were doing. So, camera angle was awful and then either they were too far away or they were too close so that shit bothered this is
2: going to be a new segment with every match huh? with you
1: <laughs> yeah but, but it was just <laughs> these, <laughs> it was just these two fucking matches i don't even notice this shit for me i'm oh. just
2: watching it because i'm just so used to watching yeah. like all the, it, i don't even notice
1: it wow wow maybe like the refs, I got you to watch the refs more closely. Maybe you'll watch this more closely from now
2: No, I don't want to ruin things for me, man. I enjoy shit too much to be worried about taking points off of a five star match because of camera angle.
1: <laughs> but hold on. I'll give you something that'll take points off your five star match, Mike. What about the I'm commercial not saying breaks? This is, I'm talking about the previous episode. <laughs> you know. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. In this match, then, cam- I'm bitching about the camera angles and I'm going to bitch about the commercial breaks. How many fucking commercial breaks are you going to put in a match?
2: That's how you get pay-per-view quality wrestling on free television, my friend. Simple economics.
1: Oh, my God. It was just every fucking time I'm ready or excited about what's about to happen next, they cut to a commercial break, and then they didn't pick it up where they left off. Yeah, they didn't they do that. They were forward like a few minutes
2: after into the match. Like It was live I'm probably, right? Wasn't that Christmas Champion 5?
0: Yeah, it was live on TBS, wasn't That's it? That's why.
2: It was live TV, and they didn't cut. Like like now on AEW, oh. they'll, they'll show the matches during the commercials and, the, and picture after. But they didn't do that back then.
0: That's right. Oh, that stupid bra when I, when raw was doing it was while, while during the commercial.
1: Yeah. All oh, right. That was like still about 10 years later, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is early. This is early. So I was just disappointed. There was just way too many commercials. I, I understand you have to pay the bills. So it's just way too many commercials. I broke, you know, the flow of the match because they broke the commercials off at like the worst times, almost every single time. But if we put aside the camera angles, we put aside the, the commercials, get into the match lots and lots of great stuff here but the first thing i want to talk about right off the get-go is i've always thought always thought bobby eaton should have been a bigger star than he was i know he has the charisma of a sloth but his in-ring work is fucking outstanding i don't know why somebody didn't take him under their wing (laughs) and say hey get a fucking haircut add some gruff to your look, build your body. Like, why the fuck? He had fucking everything perfect in the ring. Everything. I don't know why he couldn't get over. Was there any reason you think he didn't get over, Mike?
2: Well, he, he was. He was perfect in the ring. He was excellent. Anyway, you know, he's obviously one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. He's one of those guys that could just do anything. Agreed. But he, yeah, I don't know. I think just that just wasn't the look, you know. He, it would, There weren't. There wasn't enough amount of steroids uh. in the world that we're gonna make. Him look, <laughs> you know I mean? Make him look cool like that, like that. The, the big eighties right head guy bullshit. Right. Oh, he was perfect though. Like he was so good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Th- th- he. But he needed something. I've like-
2: yeah, watched some of him in uh in continental wrestling. Lawler than Memphis. He was and, so good. And yeah, he is He was good. He right. did some more single stuff there.
1: I watched him do a Broadway with flair once. It was fucking excellent. (laughs) Holy shit. Really great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then his tag team partner is no slouch Stan Lane. Right. And so the two of these guys together, although Bobby Eaton's clearly a step above lane, it's good for lane to be here. They tag, they look well together. They appear well together. Lane's got a little bit more charisma. So he does the mic work. I think, He's not a slouch in the ring, so it puts the team together well. I like the teamwork together on this side. Meet, what'd you think about the Midnight Express?
0: They were great. And going back to Bobby Eaton though, he was a I, I guess he was a real fucking prick to deal with mm-hmm. outside. And I guess that's why he never he was like somebody did them two guys, I guess, were oh. real pricks. To try and do business with,
1: I see that could be a reasonable explanation to, as to why he's held down because he should have. I mean, they, and, they,
0: and they fucking held him down like that because you know, they, you know, unofficial, unofficially, unofficially mm-hmm. I heard he was a real fucking. It was Bobby Eaton was a real prick ah, to deal to deal I with see. behind the scenes.
2: Uh, so he, you know, he just doesn't have that look. He just doesn't. Also, he just yeah. He, he wasn't going to be the top guy anywhere. Yeah, there's agree. no money there. There's no you money know, there. Right.
1: Right. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. And then if we go over to the other side, <laughs> I I shouldn't say this. This is 1987, but Ricky Morton's face already looks like he's a hundred years old from alcohol abuse. It's <laughs> <Like a> terrible. <laughs>
0: The face chiseled from granite.
1: Oh bread. my
2: God. Like his body. Dude, the, he was a panty dropper back then though. Girls absolutely loved Ricky Morton and, and Gibson, but especially Morton.
1: Right. But he's, you could tell he's cool. He's got style. He's got flair, but his face has already started aging by this point. And he must've been like in his early thirties maybe, but he, he kind of looks like he does now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't look, it doesn't look much different. Now he's 60 or something. Right. With that said, There's a bunch of things that go on in the match here that were interesting. But one thing before we talk about the match is I don't know if they yelled at each other or if a crowd member yelled. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's like those F word beep things. Like a beep, 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 beep going on throughout the match. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. I never heard like swear words beeped out during a wrestling match before you hear them sometimes here or there. I thought that was kind of funny. I don't know how much of a delay they had, but they had to be careful of that. That stuck out to me. And then uh, the other stuff that stuck out to me was the crowd in the South. I can't remember, Mike. We talked about this before. I think it was Vader and Sting where you mentioned the crowds in the South really believe what's happening in the ring is real so they pop a lot bigger for like the comebacks and the hot spots and all of that i thought that was really prevalent here this is 87 you are exactly right when you mentioned it with vader and sting they are really really on fire for those hot moments right
0: oh god yeah yeah the hot tag is is like the the, that's the end of the when you're at, when they love you, they fucking love you. Down south, they you. When you're you when you're their boys, you're their boys. They're behind you, and that which means if some shit shaky shit happens in the ring, they'll fucking try and get you on get the opponents on the way back to the locker room type shit. Like this is like that real type shit. Yeah. in Eighty seven,
2: and they're so sympathetic because they're usually little, you know, they're usually the smaller team, and they they sell a lot, and uh, you know when they when they get that hot tide the, the place goes nuts.
1: Right, right. Agreed. Yeah, they did. So, this is
0: a double tag. This is a double title match. Like, everyone's got a title. Everyone's got a title.
1: That's also fucking ridiculous, right? Yeah, they've got a US tag title and they've got a heavyweight tag title. And I think in the entire company, you've got like 10 teams, you know, fighting for two titles. It was fucking a a stupid idea, really stupid idea, I thought. Yeah. Okay, then from there, let's get into the match, the actual details of the match. So, you know, as you can expect, you know, things go back and forth, back and forth. And the first thing I want to talk about is keeping in mind that this is 1987, Ricky Morton does a fucking tope. Yeah. <laughs> I, I searched for the history of the tope. I was unable to find out who invented the tope, but I'd never ever seen anything like this at this time. I don't know if it was being done in Mexico and he picked it up from there, but in North America... This is the first instance of me ever seeing a tope. The commentators didn't know what the fuck it was. They were like, "Oh my god, did you see that?" <laughs> like they, they had no name for it. Thought it was great, executed as well as it could have been for an early tope. Thoughts about that meet? Kraken and Giovanni both got
0: me to realize it. Like I didn't realize what I was watching. Know what I mean? Like it was just I'd never seen anything like that before. To that point, like that with those guys.
1: Mike, did you ever see a to- tope at that time in the eighties? Mm,
2: yeah, I don't remember. Me, you know, maybe from him. Uh, yeah, maybe from him, right? You know, I, I can't recall when I, when I first saw it.
1: Yeah, I, I, for me, I'm going to say it was probably Nitro with the Lucha or maybe an ECW with like uh, Mysterio and Psychosis. I don't remember seeing anything like this in 87.
0: I would think like Psychosis would be probably the closest one since then to do it, to make it famous.
1: Maybe, right. Okay, then they did something in the ring that I still haven't seen today. To get back in the ring, Ricky Morton, and Bobby, it's not a lockup, but they tie up fingers and then he just fucking climbs up his body, stands on his shoulders, jumps off there, does a drop kick. I'm not sure what the fuck that was. And I think once he got up onto his shoulders, it would have been a perfect transition into a hurricanrana conrana or reverse You Like There's so many options there, but I haven't seen guys climb up somebody's body like that ever before thought it was really great a great spectacle is that being done today mike or no i
2: don't i don't think that I see it but i'm sure someone's yeah. doing it i I'd, I'd like i i would be you know i wouldn't say that no one's doing it because i'm sure somebody is or some variation right. of it those, those both those teams are pretty innovative like to me like someone mentioned like that someone posed a question on like, who is the who's uh, the most i don't know th- th- what teams have inspired the mo- most uh wrestlers I think Rock and Roll Express and Minnow Express are high up on that list. Like for me when I think of tag team wrestling, those are the first two teams I probably think about. Like if I think about when I you know when I'm young when I was younger, like those would be the first thing.
0: Freebirds.
2: Yeah. Uh yeah. But I think these guys are better. Both both of yeah, these guys.
1: guys are better. These you guys know, are better
2: know, yeah. Michael better. Hayes was average at best and Buddy Roberts was, was a mouthpiece. And
1: yeah. Jimmy Garvin was okay, but right. They they were not they were not like this. They're building a lot of heat here for the hot tag. It's obvious they're trying to make uh, Robert Gibson take the brunt of the punishment. And, you know, a couple of things that are really, really great is uh, Bobby Eaton's elbows are super tight. Oh yeah. Super fantastic. Then Bobby Eaton does something that I think, you know, young guys in the game don't really do much today. And I loved it. He went to the top rope and he jumps off the top rope and he punches Robert Gibson in the top of the head, but then he sells like his hand is hurting. Yeah. Yep. Because Robert, he hit the guy in the head. And so his head is obviously stronger than his hand. You noticed that, right, Mike? Yeah. Yep. Oh, so fucking excellent because now it gives Gibson the chance to lean or edge towards making the tag to build the heat, but he still has another hand so he can go and grab him and stop him and like kill that hot tag energy. I love the way they thought about that psychology. It was great. And I just think it's like a lost art to think about when I do a move to you, it's possible that I can be hurt too. Only at a whole nother level. Yeah. Agreed. A whole nother level. Okay. And then, (laughs) they throw Robert Gibson to the outside. And what hit me right away is crazy is why the fuck didn't they put mats on the outside? It's a hard concrete surface. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? You got to protect your talent, right? Like it's dangerous enough as it is. Guys are like 200, 250 pounds. They're running at top speed, throwing each other, you know, landing on a hard surface in the ring. Sometimes they go to the outside. They could get hurt. Why wouldn't you fucking put a mat? They don't put a mat. I thought it was kind of crazy. But he still goes over the top. He goes over the top multiple times. He takes it over the top multiple times. But to me, that was kind of that cool. was kind of
2: cool how he landed there. and How he was sitting there. You never see. I never saw anything like that. It was like yeah. He it was kind of like he folded in a bad way or something.
1: Right, and he, it's like almost like a reverse squat, right? And he's like leaning back into the apron, trying to get up. And it was. It looked awesome. He sold it awesome. I've never seen anyone sell anything like that before. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic.
2: I got an over the top rope.
1: Yeah, And then Okay, so it goes over the top rope. Then they. Put him back in the ring. They distract the referee. They throw him over the top rope, and it's time for our third commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meet. What were your thoughts on all that that was going on that at that time?
0: And I think it just flowed kind of good. It was an exciting match too. It just I never was disinterested, and like you said, you get into it, and then here we go. Yeah, we'll be right back. We'll be
1: right back. Right. It will. We'll be right back. And so then they come back from the break, and then it's almost within like a minute, and Bobby Eaton goes to the top misses the elbow which would have been beautiful and we get the hot tag so just imagine if i'm watching this live i'm watching a commercial about mcdonald's and like a wendy's or whatever and then boom there's a hot tag like it it would have totally killed it for me we got to watch it with the commercial cut in the middle but i lost a lot of the energy of what had happened in the middle there i but i know the crowd was losing their mind and then we get the hot tag and then hebner takes one of the best he's in my mind he has already taken the best ref bump ever when on hogan threw him out over andre's shoulders and dibiase at the saturday night's main event that's the best ref bump ever but this is a close fucking second because here it entirely depends on him making sure he's in the right place at the right time and leaning in the right direction to be the recipient of the force of the drop kicks that they threw on. I can't remember if it was Stan Lane or uh, Bobby Eaton, but a perfect fucking ref bump, maybe in ring, the best I've ever seen. Did you notice that, Mike? Yeah, it was
2: good. Ebner is is amazing.
1: It was great. I thought he was fucking excellent.
0: Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing.
1: And then Big Bubba comes to the ring. Meet, what were your thoughts on Big Bubba here?
0: Well, it's bound to happen. All right it was going he was going to come though
1: so he comes in he delivers uh, his same finishing move that he used in the wwf they gave it at some kind of different name sidewalk but it's slam. just basically a yeah a sidewalk slam right it, I, they use some name for it but it's a sidewalk slam and we have a basically dusty finish they get the three count and we think that they're new world champions then a second referee comes out and he says no 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 and then he reverses the decision And so they don't win the belt. They get disqualified. But the crowd is on fucking fire. And what's great about this finish is the Midnight Express have not lost any heat. They've not lost any energy. They have not been beaten. And the Rock and Roll Express only lost because of cheating. Both teams stay strong. You've booked it in such a way that they could have rematches or they could go on to their own programs and come back to this sometime later down the road. I thought it was a booking job very well done. What do you think about that, Mike?
2: I agree like with everything you said there. And uh, with you know maybe some people with Cornette not being there didn't expect to see Bubba come down at the end. Correct. But I mean, figure these guys, how many times could you, I couldn't even imagine how many times yeah. these guys met yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. a year. Right, you know, because they're traveling, you know, all year round. All so time God, God knows how many yeah, times they've yeah, got to yeah. They're gonna come up with a lot of different finishes, and this one did. It saved uh, safe face for the Midnight's because they didn't look bad because they really didn't lose, and the Rock and Roll, you know, they won too, so everybody wins.
1: Yeah, everybody wins. Meet. What were your thoughts? Same
0: thing. No, I'm pretty much on the same lines. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I. To be honest with you, I think it's a no brainer, right? You save face,
0: yeah. and you can't. There was, you know, when there was when he had the two titles, and no one's going to win this match. They're going to figure out a way. Oh, everyone saves face and it lives on. It actually makes this next meeting even stronger.
1: Yeah, but I think that's the right way to go about it. Absolutely, like I think you have to do that here because you you don't want to jeopardize this. This is your money maker, right? You got to keep this intact as it is. No, no, am I am I missing something? Is is beautiful, but
2: I don't know how much you know Joey Janela. But is beautiful Bobby even that much more physically imposing than Joey Janela? Or did the Rock and Roll Express look that much more physically imposing
1: than the Young Bucks? That's interesting. I I would say that the, yeah, I think the Young Bucks, they're, they don't, I don't know how to say this the right way. They don't have girth or width. Do You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, they're not, not
0: mass. There's no mask behind them.
1: Right. Like, so technically speaking, they're, I think they just look smaller because they're not, built out and i don't know why that is like i don't know why they they have like look very big but they but they i think they're still like they look like they're in their 210 215 pound range but i don't think the bucks are over 180 190 i guess i'm not i haven't seen them recently but it doesn't seem like they're that big am i wrong no i
2: think they're you know between 180 and two probably right
1: yeah yeah, so I think that, that 25, 30 pounds makes a big difference. But I wonder, if they put that mass on, I bet you they lose speed. So it's probably better they don't put that mass on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that as in terms of presence, I think the presence that the Rock and Roll Express have, like just if you just looked at a photo of the two teams, for, and you consider the time frame, I think the Bucks are cooler in what they do, not how they look. And the Rock and Roll Express are way cooler in how they look not necessarily what they do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think we all agree it's great, a great, great match. I would have loved to have seen it uninterrupted, but uh, other and the better camera angles. But other than that, this is another winner, another good match. We've been on a roll of great matches ever since we've watched. I think Keith Lee and Dijak, I'd like that being the the last not great match. After that, everything has been outstanding. Hopefully, we'll come back with another strong match next week. What? 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 Let's get into internet bullshit. (laughs) I can't wait. Again, the Bleacher Report. The Bleacher Report reported the 10 greatest entrance songs ever. Huh. Mike's already laughing. Okay. Okay. The 10 greatest entrance songs ever so i'll go through each of them one by one mike is gonna fucking be angry at multiple points here so t- number 10 heart attack the bret hart theme song
2: i don't think so yeah not at all because i think between the ones that you omitted and the ones that you said i think that we pretty much nailed the top 10
1: i agree and there's some songs on here i would fucking i would Plug my ears, okay. That's a Bret Hart's heart attack number ten. Meat thoughts on that song? That that eerie pitch in the beginning, Eh, whatever that shit was.
0: Well, if I was like five years old and didn't know anybody, I would think it was cool. But other than that, it's annoying.
1: Okay, meat. Get ready for Mike to lose his mind. Number nine. The song is called "Unstable." It is the entrance song for the Ultimate Warrior. Oh my
2: god, that was the.
0: Horrible.
2: (laughs) The only thing good about that dude is his match is over in like a minute, so you didn't have to see him for long. He was horrible. That song
1: sucked. Number eight, Uh, we mentioned this team's, one of this team's theme songs, but that's not the theme song that's being mentioned here. Number eight, What a Rush by the Legion of Doom.
2: No, you got to go with Iron Man. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, so
1: far, just to recap, Bret Hart. WWF bullshit song. That, that's a WWF bullshit song. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. And so there are, there are non-WWF songs on this list. So they've considered the whole like industry. They've considered everywhere. And these are the songs they came up with their best 10. Okay. Number seven, the Grim Reaper, the Undertaker's entrance song. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no is the only comment I hear from Mike. Okay. The next one's even worse. Number six, Sexy Boy, Shawn Michaels.
0: <laughs> I was waiting for this. I, this, this. yeah. No, no. I thought that was going to be number one. I thought this would be higher too, yeah. I wasn't sure if it would be this or Real American. It's
1: fucking terrible. Um, that's so, definitely number one. Sexy Boy by Shawn Michaels. It's number six. Number five, you guys have already mentioned it. We've covered it earlier. The Ric Flair entrance song. It's called Dawn. And so, uh, yeah, it's a great, great song great yeah perfect okay number four the nwo theme song i'm very surprised to know the nwo theme song was made by jimmy hart
0: he's into that he's been a producer for years
1: i I think i didn't expect that type of music to come out of him because it doesn't sound like you know what he does but it was really i think it was great excellent so we're gonna go to the chart buster three two one just to refresh your memory mike bret hart ultimate warrior legion of doom Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, The NWO. That rounds out 10 through 4. What are the 3 best theme songs ever? Ooh, uh, let's see. In order. You want them in order? If you can. We'll go Cena. Yeah.
2: Real American. Austin.
1: Oh, very close. Cool. So you have 2 out of the 3, but you missed this one, which... Uh, the fact that this one's even here is unbelievable. Who is it on there, Cena? Cena's not on there? Cena? Number 3. The Four Horsemen? Jushin Thunder Liger. <laughs> really? out of here. Are you kidding me?
2: Wow. That's a testament to how dope that song is that this boner actually has it on his list.
1: <laughs> right. Jushin Thunder Liger is number three. Get out. Number two, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number one, Real American, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, fuck.
2: Oh jeez, well, I guess it depended on when the person was born, right? I didn't know like which one that they would think was more iconic. Fuck
1: you know, even if I think about Hulk Hogan theme songs, that's not even Hulk Hogan's best theme song. <laughs> we mentioned the other yeah, one earlier. Right. right, Even fucking, what was a song from Rocky? Uh, I Have the Tiger. Even Eye of the Tiger is better than this. That was way better. Yeah, way fucking better. That was way better. Not even close.
2: Who the fuck is that guy?
1: who the fuck is that guy So this week we're going to go to who the fuck is that guy This guy you know this guy and he's related to this week's match the four guys in this week's match all have some kind of connection to this guy but it's a very very difficult who the fuck is that guy There are 5 rounds you have only 4 chances the fifth round is the final answer Meet we're going to start with you round 1 Jumo, Kenya. Oh, my God. I have no idea. Okay, Mike. Round two. Jimmy Backlund. Dennis Condry. Incorrect. Meet round three. Jimmy Richland.
0: Dennis, baby.
1: Incorrect. Okay, Mike, this is the final round. I'll give you all the hints so far. Jumo Kenya, Jimmy Backland, Jimmy Richland, and Jimmy Graffiti. Jimmy Delray. Hey, hey, hey. Very good. Very good. Jimmy Del Rey. gigolo Jimmy Delray. He was great. I thought he was great. Yeah, yeah.
2: After, yeah, I was I wasn't sure. Like it would be, you know, I was thinking between him, Conjury, and maybe like Tom Pritchard or somebody.
1: Right, right. It has to be one of those guys. But the fact that he uses Jimmy, 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 Jimmy is the, is the giveaway here, right? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Six Man Podcast. You can tag in with a DM.
2: If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out... What? He's using hypnosis!